phone with your mama She had a lot to say Thought she might speak on something That would make me think But now I realize You're just as dumb as your mama podcast everyone today i'm with an activist out of seattle and an up-and-coming uh, i was a producer oh my gosh up-and-coming artist it's my pleasure to have Jaden grayson hi you're not a producer right <laughs> what are oh, you not a producer right i'm not a producer well i mean I, oh. the way that i'm in my producer's face when they're making things you'd think that i was i feel that you know <laughs> but i'm not no so i was i was going through like an old youtube channel view from like Six plus years ago. Oh, so yeah. how, how long have you been doing music? I've been doing music for a long time. Um, when I was really little, you know how you have like a superhero when you're growing up? Like there's someone in your family that you just think is like the oh, best. I thought you were going to say that. I was going to say like Spider-Man. But... No. Oh, okay. <laughs> but like somebody in your family that you think is a superhero, like the person that I found to be my superhero, they told me you can do a lot of things, but you cannot sing. Oh, and for whatever reason, that stuck with me to, obvi- I mean, it stuck, well, it was a core memory, as we yeah, were yeah, yeah. to say. It was your origin story. Uh, right. And it, and it pushed me to, to sing because um, mm-hmm. I, was, I was naturally gifted at certain things, sports, whatever it was. But um, something in that, it, it hooked me. And I was like, okay, I don't, I don't really like being told I can't do something or that I'm not going to be able to do something. So I went right. for it. And I've continued working and growing on it. And it's actually... Uh, I, I could sing. I can sing. Yeah, <laughs> and I do sing. <laughs> <laughs> I, do, I, I do sing. There we go. Yeah. So how long has that been then? A long time. Like long time. fourteen, I think. I mean, I went to a Tacoma School of the Arts. Okay. So I started, you know, in there. I auditioned with singing and all of that, and got in. So, hey, so yeah, <laughs> there's some success right there. Yeah, and I'm t- well. Damn, I'm almost third. I'm 28 now, so I don't know Happy how long birthday. this was. 16 years. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow yeah 16 years dang that's awesome so are you would you say you're part of the tacoma music scene then or seattle music scene or definitely how do you look not at it? i would say i um i would say my roots are always going to be in seattle just so mm-hmm. my whole family is you know it's rooted Got it. uh that being said i've traveled a lot just in life um mm. but in washington just up i5 up and down i5 from marysville to olympia just spend time <laughs> oh just driving just no i mean <laughs> like life you know experiences having family in different areas uh-huh. going to school in tacoma going to college in olympia oh, so like, like your that. whole family's like in the seattle area uh most of them yeah like they were born they themselves were like born and raised here. yeah really yeah i feel like most black people like immigrate from like the military or from... yeah no but my grandmother or my great-grandmother came here from new orleans okay yep so yeah, that's a long time then. Yeah, that's awesome. Yep. So, 
How many projects do you have out right now? I only technically have one project okay. out. It's called It Me. <laughs> it Me. Yeah. Okay. Uh, 52 Kings produced that. Hey. I love so, so much. Yes, 52 Kings is a magical human being. Um, and it was really one of those things where he we met he randomly heard me singing and he was like you know what we're gonna do mm. we're gonna make a project and that's and, and that's the roller skating guy right uh yeah he <laughs> roll. i mean he's he's kind of a aware of many hats he's got a lot of different talents from hair to music to to roller skating a professional like just in almost every respect he's yeah. really amazing yeah i think he was supposed to come on a podcast like a year or two ago and then like I think he FaceTimed me and said he had like some allergic reaction or some shit. That's very honest. He's a very honest guy. So if it happened, like he was probably on the way out the door and was like, I mean, it's like, oh, it's like, oh, work. <laughs> Where's the Benny? Yeah, yeah. So you're, you're about to drop a new project, though. Yeah. Or you're starting with a new single first called called Mama. Yes. So tell me about that. Is that because you're a mama? <laughs> no, honestly, it's because I don't feel like enough people... Uh, I feel like there's a lot of music of women discussing men these days. Mm. Um, and that's cool. But like, what about their moms? Oh. <laughs> you, know? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, what about that? Um, and I don't know about you, but when I was in my early, early 20s and even before that, I would get in these relationships or whatever. And I don't I don't speak for everybody, but I know you get to a point where you're roped in with the family mm. and all the, the uh. antics and the shit. And eventually you're just like, you just as dumb as your fucking mom. And nigga, what the hell going on? You know, <laughs> <laughs> You're really close. <laughs> yeah, so you know, I, yeah, it's it's kind of a it's a rib shot for sure for most niggas to hear. I think. Oh. Yeah, but you're talking about moms in a positive light in this song. Uh, or, no, I'm oh. not. I'm I'm actually I'm talking. No, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not talking about moms in a positive light. I'm talking about the fact. You know, I I don't know if you've ever wanted to tell somebody like the apple didn't fall that far from the tree. Oh yeah, like yeah, yeah. you know what I'm saying, and. In the situation I was in, at least, it was like you could see so many of the traits that were making my life chaotic happening wow. um, and really coming from this person's mom. And I just kind of wanted to respect my experience and, and make something for that. Oh, so you didn't like the mom and the person equally? or I, I liked I liked them both initially, but I just mean that the antics, when things went bad, the, the antics that picked up were very... Um, connected oh. like they seemed they, they had gotten a lot of validation from being a mommy's boy and things of that nature which is cool and all but when we're almost talking like mid-30s mm. you know we got to do something different so it, <laughs> so it's inspired by like a real like relationship yeah it's inspired yeah it's inspired by a real relationship and it's inspired by um wanting to give voice wanting to call out to young people when they get in those situations you know if you ever find yourself on the phone with somebody's mama explaining what they did or anything like that get up oh. hang up the phone and and go live your life and go find new joy in people that make sense <laughs> do you think it's fine to like like your partner but not like their family um you know <clears throat> I don't give advice on what other people should do. I personally <laughs> have done it, clearly. Mm -hmm. <laughs> the song will show. Um, and and I wouldn't suggest it. I think mm. it's important that there's respect, whether there's likability or not. There should always be respect. And if you can't respect the individual at the very least, because you're not going to be dating them, you know, you're dating the person, not their mom. But if there's not at least respect amongst the families, that can be difficult. Mm -hmm. So this is this one single lead into like a project you have in the it, works? Or? It is. Yeah. Uh, I've got an EP coming out called 22 that Ooh. I'm really excited about. It's like Taylor Swift. 
I don't know who that is. Is <laughs> <laughs> there some bad blood? Get it? I don't know who that is. For Taylor real. Swift? I'm just kidding. Oh that was like God. Mariah Carey. You've never seen a Mariah Carey interview? <laughs> There's so many. Dude, I've talked to so many artists lately that don't know anything about pop culture. So, like, nothing, like, gets past me now. I don't. You know, I'll be honest. I've, I couldn't tell you off the top of my head one of her songs but i definitely am starting to pay attention to pop culture more because i would i would have to identify with those other people who have no idea what's going on i'm trying to get tapped in all right I'm, isn't that weird as an artist i feel like those are the people that need to be the most tapped in or no i don't know i i'm tapped into good music but but you know all right i think that's i'll put you on the spot then what's good music <laughs> I mean, Hiatus Coyote is good music. I don't even know who that is. Billie Holiday's good music. Oh, that's old music. Um, that's good music, though. Old music Kamau is, is good music. Oh, that's true. Um, you know, Anderson Pack. What about like Takashi Six Nine? Excuse me. We don't. We, why are we talking about Skittles in the interview? <laughs> Skittlehead boy. That's what I always call him. He just reminds me of a like a melting Skittle. I don't know. <laughs> His hair, the whole, he's a mess. I really don't know why he would come up. That's surprising to me. <laughs> Who's talking about that nigga anymore? Tell me that. Answer me that. Very true. <laughs> so t- tell me about your, uh, how you got into activism. I feel like right now you're like embodying like a, I don't even know what word I said, embodying like like Black Panther energy right now, right? Or like some like dope beret <laughs> stuff, right? When I think of like berets, I just and if I, I'm just gonna be honest here. Yeah. If as soon as I see like a black person in a beret, I'm like Black Panther. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's different strokes, different boss. <laughs> you like it? I love it. <laughs> um, uh, well, okay. I got into activism uh, when I was really young Mm. uh i'm a black woman i think that there's not a time in my life before i was even birthed that there wasn't a conversation about what my experience would be like or how it would be impacted um Mm. based on like environment and circumstance so um my first time going to a protest i was about 13 14 years old really um and you know i did like the school walkouts thing and you know, I've always been loud about being black because we should be. Mm-hmm. So should every race just be loud or what? Absolutely not. Oh. Why would we do that? <laughs> Wait, why do we have to be loud? Though? Well, I mean, I, I loud, loud. I mean, you just pulled me into being a Black Panther <laughs> off a beret. That's I mean, <laughs> that's loud. Well, I'm not even. I'm just... <laughs> that's loud. So loud's not the literal. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I feel that. Okay. So you're doing like school walkouts and then the next thing you know, you're like part of Jazz and Chopper. Like, how does that, how does it, how, how does, does that it build all up? piece together? Yeah. I mean, no, you go, I, let's see, you know, high school ends. I went to college, fought against the GMOs in Montesano and all that bullshit. Wait, what's um, that? What? GMOs in Monte, what? Just the polluting of our food. We got to oh, I'm going to send GMOs. you a PDF after Like this. non-GMOs type thing. I know. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Um, just, you know, and... Uh, conver- Oops, sorry, my bad. I touched the thing. No worries. Uh, conversations around Big Pharma, um, advocating in my school, went to the, the White Conference. I don't know if you're familiar with that. That sounds like the KKK. <laughs> you know what? 
I'll be honest with you, I'd never heard of this shit before. Yeah. My nigga, I pulled up. <laughs> We're on like the school bus, but we in college. So it's like shit's different now. Where if, <laughs> if I want to leave this, I'm going to do so. <laughs> and we get there and it's a whole bunch of there's like white people. And then there's a few black people. It's a standard Seattle room. If mm -hmm. you can just imagine a room with people in Seattle. But the person leading is like black. And I'm talking yeah. like straight up, like just <laughs> black. <laughs> and they came in, they were like, so white people, like, how have you failed today? Like, it was the most, it was such an unraveling moment for me. Um, and then it caused me to just be that disruptive in every area of my life mm. uh, where people think that race isn't existing it, it always has for me so workplace right. school friendships that just growing up it's activism is a big part of the conversation no matter what just my existence any black person's existence um is a statement mm. <laughs> to me um anyway that when chop happened to be completely honest with you i had no there was obviously no intention that chop was going to happen uh right. chop was very much a symptom of i would say others um maybe government <laughs> officials <laughs> that uh that wanted to make an example out of seattle yeah <laughs> mm. but you somehow became like the front like the front person for chat like the leader of chat chopping away like i when mean you look up like news articles or news like videos like you're like the one right almost. not saying you're definitely like the whole i mean that's a really unfortunate thing if i'm mm. being honest uh activism has always been about an enemy and an anonymity to me excuse me mm. but i like i've always enjoyed the fact that i was anonymous in protest and i've enjoyed the fact that um that I'm a black person in a space and that I can go and physically be loud or go and do whatever I'm going to do. And I don't have to explain it later. I don't have to talk or inform or guide. I'm simply there to express and kind of be, you know, in yeah. my purpose in, in that space of protest as we all should be. Um, and it was a really shocking thing to find myself suddenly uh, not just a voice, but a face. Mm. That's not a very good case for a black person in Seattle. <laughs> right. uh, so I think it's viewed as like, wow, it, it doesn't feel like wow in a lot of ways. Mind you, I don't regret it. I wouldn't take it back or change anything about it. It just um, it definitely changed the circumstances of my privacy and my personal life and my my sense of safety, mm -hmm. my family's sense of safety. Um but it's work that needed to be done. And that's, I think, what black people and especially black women do. They show up and they do the work that needs to be done, even if it's not liked. I wouldn't I wouldn't be here if I was based on likability. There's a lot of people who don't like me and that's OK. Oh, why, don't, <laughs> why don't they like you? Um, I think I can be intimidating to why? people. It's the beret or what? I, I think it's the beret. Yeah. I think that's, so. <laughs> I, honestly, I, that's why I, I agree. Yes, it's the beret. <laughs> I feel like we're in a weird predicament because I have like a hat that makes me have to like look up and then you have like sunglasses glasses that, that make like, me have to look down. Should I take them off? I can't take them off no, now. No, it's cool. <laughs> now, now we're in like a room where the lights are super bright. I feel like it's better to have. Yeah. 
It, it's helpful. <laughs> I have I get migraines lately, and I'm super light sensitive. So I've been wearing these different oh. glasses, dark glasses, and then these yellow kind of color therapy ones oh. to just mitigate that a little bit. I've been thinking a lot about like lights lately. I just had like a VJ on the other day, so that's probably one reason. You had a what? A V a VJ. I'm you know, sorry. You know, like a video jockey. Oh. <laughs> Know it's like someone who like does like lights and stuff for shows. And... Okay, yeah, totally. <laughs> right. I'm so sorry, you cracked me there. You really touched my heart with that one. I totally thought you said yeah, I had a BJ the other day. So like, I was like, oh yeah, for sure, totally. What? So, <laughs> but like, I was at my other studio like before the pandemic, before I had like any cameras. Mm-hmm. For some reason, I would shut up. I, I would set up like photo shoot lights. Okay. Like so, I'd be on my couch or whatever at my studio, and I just have these like bright lights, just blurring at my eyes. But there was like no cameras or anything, so I I, I always think about why I did that, and I wonder like, or like I have one of my clients who also has a podcast, Nate Lewis. Mm. He's a drummer, right? Mm. And he was like, Blake, can you turn up my headphone levels? And then the other day, I sat in this seat that I'm sitting in right now, where mm-hmm. he was sitting, right. And I put on the headphones and it was like full max. And I was like, oh my God. So I just think about like the different, like how our senses get just like used up just over time. Destroyed. Yeah. Like, every day that we continue <laughs> forward. <laughs> yeah. Like I'm in the studio space for like at least five hours a day. I wonder what that does to my eyes. Yeah. And I, you know what I mean? Yeah. No, I actually had a uh, camera from King of King Youngblood. Yeah. He, um, he's who produced, uh, this EP that's coming out or in, in part him and uh, stay safe Knox, and uh he'll be in the studio for literally 18 hours yeah and I always have to tell him before a session I'm like I need you to go home I need you to get the fucking clean those ears out like get the wax out kiddo get yeah. a good meal get some sleep in you come back fresh because I can't have you in there after 18 hours shit's just it sounds like poof, we're in the back of a fucking Honda yeah. in like 2014 it's really bad yeah I think I need blue light glasses too oh yes that would be helpful I've been wanting to get those for my fiance because he's in tech and so yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah man I like have a I have like my editing process is really weird because I haven't nailed down. So I do like multitask. Mm. So like I'll have like my laptop going with a monitor, but then I'll have like a TV on. So I'll be like editing something on the TV or watching something on the TV. And I'll use like TV as a monitor. So I have three like screens on me. And then someone will like text me and I'll be looking at my phone. Oh. And I'm like in my room. So I have like four different screens going on. That's so you know what I'm I mean? I'm getting anxious for you right so now. So I've been just thinking cause... about like. <laughs> People need breaks from technology. Definitely. Or blue light glasses. Definitely. I'm like, I don't converse <laughs> after 9 p.m. unless I really want to. Oh. 9 p.m. to like whenever I wake up and decide to start my day of contact. But after 9 p.m., unless like call somebody else. Yeah. Because I'm not available. <laughs> what is, so what, what is the like average day like for uh, for Jaden Grayson? Um, I mean, I'm a mom. Nice. I'm a mom and an artist, so we're 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 juggling and balancing all day long. My day starts uh, on a gym day. We're looking at three forty-five in the morning. Oh, like four a.m. to the gym. Come back, kids up by six. You know, um, breakfast. Get the music going. Get the house filled with like positive energy, so that we have something to cultivate from. Um, 
move into learning with my child, you know. Do you do homeschool? Um, yeah, he's three. But oh, wow. he's definitely, he's learning. He's drawing circles and shapes and shit. Made a dinosaur the other day. Very nice. What's going on, yeah. <laughs> Wait, so is that like right, it must have been like right before the pandemic that you had him? Yeah, I had my son uh, in October of 2018. Wow, what was that like being like a new parent and then fucking pandemic hitting? I'm going to, you know, I was... <laughs> I was in a really negative situation at the time that my son came. Mm. And so I um, I already felt like I was in a pandemic. And oddly enough, when it happened, I felt this like freedom. Mm. Um, I loved wearing a mask. I loved that I didn't have to like smile or anything or just whatever I was really feeling, even if I wanted to. I don't know, scoff at something. It didn't matter. I could cover my face and I really enjoyed that, to mm -hmm. be completely honest. And uh, it's also what I think gave me the courage to get out of my situation because the world's stopping. I mean, I think everybody kind of had to look in the mirror yeah. at first during that period of time. And it was a breath of fresh air for me to realize that I wasn't experiencing what I deserved, that I needed to um, give myself and my child a life that is that is worth living um, and worth you know celebrating <laughs> mm. hell yeah that's awesome yeah. so how do you like learn what you're supposed to teach like a three-year-old like do you have to like is that online as well or do you like how do you no. do that every day it's like when I tell you so like when I went in to have a baby before you go in they like everyone's like oh my god this is gonna be you're gonna love this <laughs> and the second that that baby comes out like when before they're even finished stitching you the whether it's your c-section whatever it is yeah, yeah. the second that they're out there like they come out with like a torch light and they're like all hunched over like <laughs> welcome to the fucking dark side you never sleep again like oh. no there's no sense of rest <laughs> ever because even if they're gone and you know they're with somebody that you trust you still worry just about something happening yeah i mean the 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 way that my senses you were talking about senses earlier the way that they changed i could hear him breathing in the other room wow. when he would overheat and we'd do skin to skin my body would go cold to cool him down i mean it was it's really beyond belief um but at this stage i'm really just having fully honest and as comprehensive as he can have of conversations mm. that's what the teaching is it's you know if he says something and he's like i feel sad you know we explore what the feeling of sad is more different ways to say that we're sad um different ways to under to sh when we're showing that we're sad what those different things what they what they mean there's levels to this shit if you just start screaming and crying i know something's wrong wrong i don't have to ask you know what i mean so uh i would say that at this stage he's learning about how to express himself <laughs> mm. hell yeah yeah and has that like helped inspire your music at all um yes a lot of my music is is based in um, affirming that you are a human being first, um, that you actually, and I don't like giving people rules, but but that you have to be before you can be a mother, before you can be a parent of any kind, because I was mom and dad by myself for the first, you know, for a good chunk of his life. Mm -hmm. um, and the music that I make is meant to encourage black women and black girls to really love themselves, really know themselves, and to trust themselves. Because if I had trusted myself more, 
um, if I had listened to myself more, I think that I would be in a different situation. Now, mind you, I don't want to be anywhere but where I am. Mm -hmm. So I'm thankful for my lessons. But if I'm able to be more influential in that way, where black women and girls feel like putting themselves first is a necessity the same way that we have to we think we have to go to work we think we have to this and that but you know that you're gonna take a shit and you know that you're gonna piss and you know you're gonna eat wait girls don't do that <laughs> yes yes they do <laughs> and i'm terrified that you said that loud are you gonna be okay are you gonna get through this <laughs> um, but yeah that's uh that's I want I want to I want to tell women it's it's cool you know you you've got to be a priority and it doesn't have to be you know surrounded by anything other than just like your actual self just mm -hmm. you I'm not worried about what you're looking like da, 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 da. like it's I just want to I want to see you be yourself <laughs> do you feel that uh black men and black women look at race differently or do you feel like they're in the same boat when it comes to being a black person in America that's a really layered question. Um, yeah, could you is. specify a little bit what you mean by like, that? Like, I feel like when I have a a rapper on the podcast, or it doesn't even have to be a rapper, right? Mm -hmm. It could just be any black dude on mm -hmm. the podcast. I don't. I never feel like they're like, you know, what black men in America need right now. But then when I have like black women on, I feel like she's more likely to talk about what it's like to be like a black woman versus a black guy talking about it. Well, yeah, I mean that. That I can definitely speak to. Where Where is it for black men that they're encouraged to speak before they're sat down for an interview or a thing? When is it that you see society or when can you recall on the times where you're encouraged really to just share and speak on your experiences without there having to be a point, without there having to be mm. some uh, thesis or grand conclusion? When does that happen for black men? On this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and that's great. Thank you. <laughs> but I mean, I would say that that's more of a symptom of of the society that we're in based mm -hmm. on the circumstance in which we got here um, rather than a black woman versus a black man thing. Mm. I think that black women try their best and, and sometimes can even overexert um, to try and speak for themselves. And I don't think that there's. I think there's a misconception that when a black woman is speaking for herself, that she's not including the black man. But how could I be without you? And how could you be without me? You know, because we're the same person or what? I mean, it, I'm <laughs> required in order for right. the man to be here. <laughs> oh. And you know what I'm saying? Like a woman is required in order for a man to be and and the same. It. it we're connected there isn't a separation i'm not going to say black men black men because i'm sitting here as a black woman yeah. and the same question would come up in inverse so i'm going to speak from my experience yeah but i think that they they hold each other <laughs> do you believe in that like bible thing where they're like adam took his rib out and then yeah, the I, woman... I would have to read it you know what i mean i never read the bible it? but like i've heard that <laughs> You know what I mean? Like there's something where it's like Adam. They were making ribs? No, like Adam oh. like ripped out his rib or something. Like it's probably like one of his lower. I'm guessing it's one of the lower ones that are like floating, right? Okay. And then somehow Eve was made from a rib. Yeah. I don't know. That's what I. That's I what don't I, know. But you know what I do wonder if Mary was trying to teach women to lie. You what know I want to know. Saying? I want to wonder why there's so many like Marys in the Bible. Why can't. One of those. Are Marys. there multiple? I only heard about the one. There's two Marys, uh, and that's already confusing enough. 
Damn. Okay. Well, there's shoot. like Je- they didn't have many names to go off back then, from what I understand. Really, I feel like Jesus is out there. If you can come up with a name like Jesus, I feel like you can <laughs> think of more names than Mary. You have to answer. <laughs> So you're in a good place now, though, with the with the pandemic. And where do you where do you feel like this pandemic is going? Do you think it's almost over? <laughs> That's so Raven, my shit <laughs> to the future, nigga. We, do we know? <laughs> like I don't know. Uh, we have no. I've got absolutely no fucking clue. Yeah. I have absolutely no idea. Um, I I think that. There's a lot of fractures. I'm looking around like if I was looking at the world, it seems like there's a lot of fractures. There's a lot of like very loose fault lines. Um, oh, like actual, like, like the volcano that happened? No, I'm saying metaphorically. Oh. It, <laughs> it appears like I'd, it, um, I I can be more literal for you. I got you. But you did see that like that underwater volcano. That, like, I did see that shit. Yeah, I thought we were going to get tsunamis here. I was kind of waiting for them. They never happened. No. You saw that? You got that like warning on your phone, right? Yeah, I definitely saw it. Yeah, and I was like, shit, we're about to get hit by some tsunamis. No, I didn't even worry about it, not for a second. But that's what I feel like the pandemic has done to me. I'm like, fuck it, tsunami, uh. just chill. <laughs> I've got my mask, we're good. <laughs> like, <laughs> I got my mask and we're good. Okay, so what were you, sorry, I got you off track. You were saying something about- I, I, There's a lot of um, circumstances stacking on top of each other for people who were already marginalized, already disenfranchised. And there's a lot of issues coming up for people who have typically been unaffected Mm -hmm. um, by anything that happens to the general populace. That 10 to 1 percent has generally been unaffected. But if this was to continue on and if we were to uh, either collectively apply pressure as like a a general population or if um, something outside of us like a natural disaster etc or you know another insertion of some variant of covid i don't know the icebergs but yeah yeah i would say that things are kind of unraveling themselves maybe this is the apocalypse who knows that'd be kind of crazy right i'm i'm chilling like i don't know if zombies would happen though but i've been definitely really into zombie movies have you seen the reddit where they claim that 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 the titanic wasn't the iceberg thing but that it was actually there was a zombie outbreak oh shit. you better get into reddit i love not. reddit okay. i haven't followed what i'll, I I'll forward it to you because let me tell you that was some tea dang <laughs> that was some tea dang and it's from somebody who claims as a child that they were on the titanic oh and they just happened to be on reddit no their their <laughs> their grandchild was or great-grandchild was doing a project and wanted to know about it and found out that their great grandfather, whatever, was like on the Titanic. And at first he wouldn't talk about it. And then he opened up. It could all be bullshit. But when I tell you that I was uh, reading it at 3 a.m. just hooked. I That sounds like totally into it. That sounds like a thing where like, you know, like um, when like veterans from like Vietnam or whatever didn't want to talk about like what happened. You yes. know, like that's a thing. What if they were just. There's just zombies or something they didn't want to talk about? I mean, because I've wondered why we gave such a fuck about the Titanic. Like, what was the big deal? Actually, that's a good... I get it. Because it was like a big But it's it's just stuck around for quite (laughs) some time, don't you think? Like, did something more happen? Because y'all keep bringing it up. Like... Why was it a big thing? Exactly. I guess it was just a big shift and a lot of people died. Reddit knows. And there's a movie (laughs) about it. I don't know if I've even seen the full movie. It's like a three-hour movie. It's okay, like a, I've definitely seen the movie. But it's like just like a love story. It's it all. Those movies suck. You always know what's gonna happen. Well, I it, guess he died, so that was maybe a 
plot twist? Uh, yeah, the door. You've got to watch it because if I, everyone who sees it, if I bring up the door that Rose didn't let this nigga get on. Yeah, like, I saw I saw Mythbusters. Do you, have you ever seen Mythbusters? I'm not much of a watcher of that kind of thing. Of but I know what the show is, though. I don't think it's around anymore, so oh, okay. you're not missing out. But they did like a Mythbuster of like if he could survive on the door with her and he could have. Yeah, yeah. he could have. R.I.P. Sad. Yeah, <laughs> so I have a question about Chaz and Chop. Okay. Like, what was the outcome? Like, was there any, like, did you guys get what you guys wanted out of, I'm not trying to say a collective, like, you're, you guys, but, like, what was, like, what was supposed to come out of Chaz and Chop and it actually happened? Because I feel like it just, from the outside perspective or people not really involved, like me, I was definitely not, like, interviewed Marshall, like, Marshall Law Band, like, the day after, like, the board, like, the barrier stuff came down. And after that, there was, like, nothing really I knew much about what happened with any of that stuff. Uh, as I said earlier, I would say that CHOP was a symptom of, of like, the, it, it was a symptom of protest. Okay. I, I wouldn't say that there was, I would say that there's a lot more that could have been accomplished in that space. Mm. But what we're dealing with is a real thing. And I think in that little brief period of time, what, what, when you're facing... Uh, media, news and media, when you're facing um, local government, when you're facing law enforcement, I think that there's your initial perception of what that experience is going to be like, at least for a lot of the individuals who, for the first time, were seeing protests in their community, in their city, in that way, sustained. Mm -hmm. um, I... I think it was an experience, but I, I, I think the intention wasn't there i don't think mm. there was an intention like oh this is what we're coming here to do is to claim this area of space mm. it's a symptom of people protesting and getting to a barricade that was placed there by the seattle police department and then deciding to occupy that space not something unfamiliar in protest it happens right um it's unfamiliar to us but that doesn't make it uncommon uh, uh i would say that in hindsight it put a lot of pressure um it inspired other places within the country to attempt to do the same or to accomplish doing the same yeah and it also uh and then that pressure to make an example of would be like for example the insurance companies that support the city of seattle um it's the same as if you and i or i are driving a car and we've got car insurance if you get in so many accidents that rate's going to go up and up and up Fuck and uh we were at a plate point where we were applying ma massive financial pressure um because you're looking at class action lawsuits coming from the individuals that were living in the spaces where there was tear gas being and chemical warfare or, or excuse me chemical weapons being used chemical irritants um and uh, multiple i believe two of those were filed and so, yeah, I would say in hindsight, it was an example of a way that you can apply pressure to your city mm. um, as a coin. You know, they're going to extend an olive branch and you've got to come back with something to to put on the table to be a part of a, a negotiation to get those demands that people had met. Uh, but through the hands of local government, Jenny Durkin, um, et cetera, they definitely sent in enough people uh, at enough different angles that it broke things up and that's you know divide and conquer <laughs> right. 
maybe the Seattle music scenes apply pressure to audiences to help fund being like an artist in Seattle. What? You know, like how Run that like, back. <laughs> think about it. That was a terrible. I was trying to twist it into like a whole cool thing, but it actually wasn't thought out well. But you know, like how as like an artist in Seattle, like it's it's like almost like impossible to thrive off being like an artist. Yeah. So like if a, people were able to come together like that for Chaz and Chop, couldn't artists come together to do that to get like money from the city to fund the arts better? They could. I mean, that's your. It sounds like you're talking about grants and things like that. And I think, unbeknownst to many people in Seattle, the way grants uh, work here is that they get dished out to organizations or mm. any but people, groups of people claiming often to be orgs or they have the credentials of orgs without the effort of an org. Um, and that money ends up getting cycled, you know, amongst that that tier of people um, right back into the infrastructure that's not helping anybody. <laughs> right. um, so. I, I would think it's possible, yeah, uh, but I encourage individuals to, uh, especially black artists in Seattle, if if somebody says that they're a fan of you here, if then they also can be actively figuring out how to support you as an individual to another individual without it having to be some big thing. Hmm. Um, and taking on that personal responsibility is what transitions somebody from... Uh, I would say social media activism to actual activism is just making the decision that when you're navigating the world and you see people who are in need, if you are a perfect person of privilege, that you're going to, you know, help and provide where you can. Right. What What's your experience has been like being in the music scene in Seattle? There's a lot of weirdos in this shit, man. Uh. Um you know, just a lot of weird shit going on. <laughs> and yet the talent is undeniable. When you see somebody that's talented, they stick out like a sore thumb because um, because we're in Seattle uh, and you can just you can you can see an artist. I, I think that you can just you can feel an artist. And mm. so there's a lot of opportunity here in the sense that you can stick out and you can uh, create your way if if that's what you want to do but it's it is difficult there's a lot of politics that don't get discussed maybe as much um and it's like an example it doesn't have to be like super in depth but like what's like a weird politic that you see um honestly not being honest with people about whether their music is good or not oh yeah that's a good one (laughs) yeah (laughs) um and i think that yes there's an there's an extent where it's like people make music to feel good or they like their music or whatever it is and that's that's great um, if you just like making music because you like to make music, but if you are out here trying to claim you're you're dropping bars or you're this and you're that and yeah. it's and it's ass, we <laughs> as a community should be okay because it's cool. Yeah. Like it's cool. You can get better. Yeah. But that it it doesn't happen by us all camaraderating around any type of clout or any type of you know circumstantial moment only to flee when it no longer benefits us. Like yeah. let an artist grow and get better for sure. Um. But be honest with the artist. <laughs> yeah, that's why I've been focusing on like Chicago more. I've been having so many Chicago artists, and they're like, to be in like the Chicago music scene, people like hold each other accountable, and they're like, if your music sucks, we'll just tell you it sucks. Because you can go and get better. Yeah, it's not the end. Yeah, <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah, but there are garage. I feel like people forget there's like there's garage bands. You know, like there's like people like when I think of garage bands, I think like the '70s when you're. And you like talk to your dad and you're like, he was like, I was in a band once and just right. nothing happened to it. I feel like people don't think that still happens. Like you can 
be like an artist today and then next thing you know you're like in your 50s and you could be like oh that I was just I just did that when I was younger yeah but I feel like a lot of people put all their eggs in their basket for being like an artist mm, yep that's I mean if you believe in it with your whole chest you're gonna go for it you know but yeah. that's the I feel like that's kind of the half stuff Seattle often makes is that they're able to do what they can and so they just do what they can but you don't you're not pushing for more you're mm-hmm. not hungry there's not a lot of hunger here um to gotta go somewhere I think maybe that's what a lot of people do they just leave a lot of people leave and a lot of people come back <laughs> yeah. um I definitely I always say if you're getting if you're if you're leaving Seattle to become an artist, you should be getting asked to leave. Mm. Um, but not by Seattle, but by like... No, but like if California calls yeah, yeah. in the right way, you know, then go answer that call. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But how many people are getting that call, I wonder? I guess you really have to be... That's a, that's some like a, a milestone, I guess. Like right. You know you're doing the right thing. Right. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like that's the thing with me because I'm not an artist, but I interview people and I'm obviously selective of who I have on, right? right? So like, but it's also not my place to tell someone if their art is good or not, you know? But like, I feel like there definitely should be more accountability if someone's... Yeah, I mean, it's. I don't even know if it's a matter of accountability. Just, I think it's, you're not really being a good just colleague if we're looking at like a workplace like i'm not being a good colleague by being like yeah your project was litter like that speech was when it was like it wasn't yeah and it's okay like you're you know but if you're at if you've been going hard at this and consistently releasing you know on your game and it's been five ten years and you're not seeing any type of motion in your world i mean then if you just love to do it keep doing it but if you don't love it like that like yo chill it's okay <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I always think about yeah because i'm already i'm always around music all the time so i always think about these things but i wish there was like a podcast guild i could talk to and it's <laughs> they're like, not i'm not I really you guys have like zoom meetings no and if they do it's like i'm not trying to say they're stupid podcasts or there's like everyone has a podcast at the end of the day you know so like I'm not going to be talking to like someone who just made a podcast with their mom about how I feel about Seattle music and stuff, you know. <laughs> yeah. But then I also, but then there's also like I'll have clients in here who do hip hop podcasts or whatever, and they'll be saying the same thing I was saying like a year ago, and I'll be like, that's kind of weird for me to see that. Yeah. So I don't even know, I don't really know who to talk to about that. So I just ask people like <laughs> I just ask like let's ask my maybe. guests, you know. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> <laughs> like, they're online now the covid done gave us everything online you can get a therapist online <laughs> yeah better health i wish i had that sponsor that'd be a sick sponsor well um is there anything else you'd like to talk to talk about or promote or um no oh no oh by this time when does this release probably like monday okay love supreme will pass by then um what's love supreme love supreme is eiq they're doing the eiq eiq clothing it's ran by lex nicole tanya artspiration oh i know yeah Yeah, they have um they've got a drop happening tomorrow in an event that's going to be really cool performing at that hey yeah maybe we can like uh, repost something or something or try to help out yeah, there we go. Is that one of your first performances back from COVID or no? Uh, no, I've been performing at Paragon. Um, Where's Paragon? Is Paragon's that... in Queen Anne. 
Huh? Is it like a restaurant or is that like a venue or what? It's a it's a bar and they've got see they've got food. It's a restaurant bar nice. thing, but it's really it's very quaint and cute and like it's it's a great space for you to go and do the best that you can and then figure out how to do better. Um, yeah. I I appreciate them for that. Um, but it's a it's just a very quaint, sweet little spot. But no, I've been performing. I performed during the pandemic as well. Oh, you know. there we go. Yeah, I'm having my first live show tomorrow. You're going to a live show? I'm doing mine. Oh, you you I thought you said you weren't an artist. I'm not. I'm doing a live podcast. Oh. Yeah, okay. with an audience and then my guest is flying in from LA. He actually just arrived in town. Oh, cool. And uh he's performing a set afterwards. It's oh, a, that's so exciting. That'll yeah. be awesome. Hell yeah. Well, um do you have any other uh final advice for up and coming artists, creators, influencers? Um don't listen don't don't listen to me unless you like what i'm saying and don't listen to anybody else unless you like what they're saying uh but if you believe in what you're doing keep doing it if you love what you're doing keep doing it and if you find that what you're doing helps others especially then keep doing it <laughs> there we go yeah. what's the easiest way for people to reach you uh you can find me at jaden grayson music on instagram or soul type child but that account lord they want to throw me off that shit so fucking bad what do you mean like this nigga they have me so shadow banned on that account it's uh. not even they like if i say like have a good day and i just wrote like the wrong word somewhere in there like they would be like that's it deleter account like they are looking for any other reason to to permanently remove that shit marty they already took me off twitter instagram like the, the social media they don't want me out there you know what's weird <laughs> i think i got an answer about it so now so i i still feel weird about it but like i met like cameron cameron's mom laura is it laura or laura Laura, yeah laura 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 it's laura you got this laura <laughs> you, you wait is it laura or laura it's laura but you just said okay laura yeah Okay, Laura, 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 Laura. Okay, so Laura, and so I, I just met her briefly, like yeah. outside of a studio, mm -hmm. and then I get home, and then my Facebook. I don't even really use Facebook. I use it for Facebook Marketplace. Okay, I got a notification that like she was recommended as a friend, like after meeting her, mm -hmm. and my friend just told me that it's because. Our phones were both on and we both have GPS and we're in the same location. Oh, wow. But I never thought of it because anytime I meet someone new, like you'll probably show up as like a recommended friend on Facebook, even though I don't use I'm Facebook. I'm banned on there too. Oh. Well, it's still up. It's just flooded. It's if you go on there, it's like every ABC or Fox News viewer just like in, I uh, can't even log in. <laughs> so, uh, it's still. <laughs> yeah, but social media is watching you. Yeah. So. Well, just know that's how it goes <laughs> yeah well that's my advice social media is watching you yeah and yeah this has been the nas podcast with... wait wait where were you going you <laughs> said you met laura oh it was about the facebook thing okay I was like, what <laughs> that was about, what that about was laura? it that was just facebook was watching me she's amazing she's a great person yeah <laughs> okay sorry there we end it now. <laughs> it's the nas podcast with Jaden grayson <laughs> and we did it